When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Don McDonald. 855-935-8255 is the number you dial to talk about money. To talk about saving it, which is tough to do. I get it. It's much more fun to spend it. And often the bills do seem overwhelming, ponderous, insurmountable sometimes. But the reality is you have to find a way to save. You have to find a way to put a little away. Or you won't get anywhere near where you want to be when the day comes that you want to stop working or you need to stop working. And that's why it's so important that you get this right. I am losing my voice. This never happens to me. <laughs> I am literally losing my voice. Hmm. Uh, but I'll make it through the hour. But you need to call because I know you've got questions. I know you have issues. I know you have things that make you a little bit crazy. I know there are people out there trying to rip you off. I hear about it all the time, and we want to help. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Is Tom on the phone? Yes, Tom, are you on the I phone? I am. Yeah. Wow. So the phone works. Hi. Yeah, this is old-fashioned. Yeah. You know, we used to call into the radio station and talk to people. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, yeah, yeah. We don't do it though the old-fashioned way, like with a corded phone or anything like that. Do you even have a corded phone anymore? No, I do not. You're proud of me no, there. I, I still have cable television though. So. <laughs> yes, you do. And I'm not proud of you there. You're paying too much. <laughs> I, do you know um, you could be saving yeah. more money for for your retirement? You know, that's an interesting balance because, as you know, I want to have every sports channel so I could watch a soccer game at any time, any day, any place. So, Yeah, well, I think you can get them all streaming, but you just refuse to listen. But that's okay. You're like most of our listeners. You know, a lot of them refuse to listen to reason. That's okay. It's your prerogative. Hey, so um, t t in this beginning segment, we want to talk about what you pay for the advice you get. You pay, you have to pay. You can't get anything for free. Everybody wants to make a living, needs to make a living. Financial advisors, stockbrokers, mutual fund managers, all of them. But there's a great deal of misunderstanding about the kind of fees that are paid. Yeah, no, I'm, let's go through that because there are at least two types. Three, if you're in the, with working with the wrong advisor, because there could be commissions. We think you should automatically eliminate that because that creates a conflict of interest. It's very expensive. Then if you're getting professional help from somebody, you're paying a management fee for that. The other part that people have a tendency to overlook, and according to a new survey, Don, almost half of people think 
if they're working with an advisor, the cost of the investments, the underlying securities, mutual funds, exchange traded funds are included in the fee they pay to their advisor or online investing platform. Not true. So, I mean, I talked to somebody this week that was paying on average about 80 base point eight percent a year for the mutual fund and paying the advisor one point three five percent on top of that. Wait, paying eight tenths of a percent per year for the funds. <laughs> Correct. And then one and a half percent to the advisor. Well, one point three five actually. So I mean oh, but in 1. total, 3. remember that's so it's over two percent of your money. Yeah, over two percent. So that's going out the door. Here's the thing. You need to know that on if whatever you're paying to whoever. By the way, as you point out, people think they're getting something for nothing. Maybe when they own exchange traded funds, you're still paying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're at Vanguard, you're still paying something. Fidelity, yeah, you're still paying something. Um, but most people that I talk to do not know that the underlying securities, as I said, exchange traded funds, mutual funds, have a charge. You don't see it because it's something that just comes out of your account every day. It goes into the pocket of the people running that fund family, but it does degrade your performance, and that's why we like inexpensive funds. We like really inexpensive funds, and we don't like commissions. And remember, when you're paying a uh, a fee of eight-tenths of one percent or nine-tenths or one-plus for a mutual fund, sometimes some of that money is just hidden commissions. In the form of a 12B1 fee, I believe you're referring to. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the loaded funds and drag. I mean, so again, I just think, and I, if you think you found the hottest mutual fund manager of all time, and you want to pay them, you know, nine tenths of one percent, and then pay an advisor one percent on top of that or more, that's your business. But I do think you should know what you are paying. Most people, sadly, and this survey points out, don't. They don't know how much is going out the door, and you should know that. Like, you know, the cost of your cable TV, which I do know, by the way. Okay, how much is it? It's about 240 a month. Oh, my gosh. You can save so much money by streaming. Oh, hey, uh, thanks, Tom, for the uh, for the insight on fees. We'll talk more about that after the break. And take your calls at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, we got a little Tom today. That was nice. We got a little Tom and a lot of Don. And so you're stuck with a lot of Don at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Let's just get one thing straight about investing. Pretty much anything else. You're going to pay. The key is knowing how much you're paying. And understanding what you're getting for what you're paying. See, that's really important. That may be the most important part of the equation. Because you're going to pay one way or another. And let's just talk about the several ways that you pay for financial help. (laughs) I started to say advice. And then I thought about it and went, eh, you're not always getting advice. But generally, you're getting some sort of help. You may just be be being sold something. 
But let's just go through the various ways you pay for advice. This is an important primer for those of you who haven't done a lot of investing, aren't real expert at this. The most common way you pay for investing help has been, and probably to some extent still is, just not as as prevalent, is through commissions. Loads, they call them in the mutual fund business. It's an amount of money that you pay to the person who sells you a financial product. Just like the commission that you pay on a car or other things that you buy. Now, typically today, the commissions to buy a mutual fund through a financial advisor, he says with air quotes, runs about five to five and three quarter percent on any amount up to about a hundred thousand dollars. If you stay with the same mutual fund company, you might get a lower commission if you invest more than a hundred grand. Might get it down to four, three, could be even zero at some point. So that's the part that pays the broker, the financial advisor in a sales environment, which is most of what you're probably dealing with. However, the industry's very clever and they know that you don't like watching your $100,000 suddenly drop to 95000 on your very first statement after you deduct the commission. So they created, as Tom mentioned, a thing called a 12B1 fee, which is a way to avoid charging a commission, possibly, and instead tuck that commission into an annual fee that gets deducted from your mutual fund account. Now, mutual fund fees, just the fees to run the mutual fund, can vary from a couple of hundredths of 1% for a, a, a an index fund or an index ETF, all the way up to two, three, four, five percent per year. Now, most funds don't charge that much, but they charge up to about one. If you tack on this hidden commission, this 12B1 fee, then you raise their 0.5 or 0.6 or 0.8 percent to, in some cases, 1.5 or 1.6 every year, but it's hidden. You're still paying it, though. And the problem is, instead of paying it just once up front, on a thing called the C-shares, you're paying it forever. You pay that extra 1% or eight-tenths of a percent every year for as long as you remain invested. So what are you getting for that? Well, you got sold a product. That's what you got. So let's talk about the other model. The other model is the fee-only model. Well, there's also the combination The fee-only model is where you pay an advisor a fee of 1%, 1 1.2%, 1.5%, some are 2 some are 3 every year, and then they put you into mutual funds that don't have commissions, that don't have 12B1 fees, that don't have the high fees generally, although some will. Some will put you in high-fee actively managed funds. 
a good one is going to put you into index products and just build a portfolio knowing full well that you can't predict the future and that nobody can. But that's another model. Now, if you have a 1% advisor, 1% per year for the advisor, and that's pretty typical for accounts under a million dollars. It's become the industry norm. It used to be really low, but fees have been coming down. And you add to that index mutual funds or index ETFs, you might pay 1.3% total to the mutual funds and to your advisor. So in other words, you can actually have someone advising you and pay less than you would just be paying for a mutual fund that somebody sold you and for which you're not getting ongoing advice. However, the problem is the disclosure of these fees can be atrocious because to to be in compliance with the with the law, you don't have to actually state verbally the fees you are charging. I wish you did. No, you can disclose that in a prospectus or in another disclosure document like the Form ADV that the SEC requires. But nobody reads those. And everybody in the, in the industry knows nobody reads those. Even when the SEC says they have to be written in plain English, firms get away with creating these incomprehensible, incredibly long disclosure documents, knowing full well, the longer it is, the less you'll look. So it behooves you, this is what you're going to have to do. And I know this is so hard because you don't like confrontation. None of us do. Nobody likes confrontation. I hate it. But you're going to have to ask the person providing you financial advice. How are you paid and how much are you paid and how much is everyone along the way making? What are the fees for the investments? What other fees exist? And don't take their word for it. Tell them to actually write it down or show you in the disclosure document. Show it to you. Highlight it for you. Don't just trust. See it with your own eyes or read those disclosure documents. That might help. 855-935-TALK is our number. We do have lines galore open. And I'm sorry you can't talk to Tom. You just have to talk to me. But I'd love to talk with you. Give me a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. I'm Don. Tom's not here. The number, 855-935-TALK. Lines are absolutely open. So give me a call because <laughs> I, I could use the company. Although I do have written company. People send questions in. <clears throat> 
forgive me. I am so hoarse today. Developing a sore throat. Um, hope I'm not coming down with something. People send them in to talkingrealmoney.com and, uh, I'm going to take one of those right now. The topic is inflation protected fund versus I bonds. Hey guys, love the show. I heard you mention I bonds a few times. Yes, I'm talking about I savings bonds. I currently have most of my emergency fund divided this way. 15% in a savings account at my credit union. 15% in a short-term bond fund at Vanguard. And 70% in a money market fund at Vanguard. Rather than transferring money to yet another account, i.e. Treasury Direct, to buy the I-bonds, would it be about the same outcome if I just used an inflation-protected bond-funded Vanguard, specifically VIPSX and our and or VTAPX. I'm thinking of changing the allocation of my emergency fund to 15% in my credit union and 85% in one or both of those. My biggest driver for this question is simplicity, both now and in the future, assuming I don't spend every last dime before I go. <laughs> Thanks again for the great show. Well, here's the thing. You don't want to put all your money in an inflation fund. It's putting all of your eggs in what is not the best basket, really. They're, they're great for what they do, but I mean, I only have a tiny portion, a tiny portion, probably less than I should have. <clears throat> Excuse me again. In, uh, in inflation protected bonds. So I would not suggest that you put all of your money in, uh, either the uh, the short-term inflation-protected or the inflation-protected funds at Vanguard. Um, because they don't make anything. They really don't make much. They don't make anything unless there's inflation. So you have them as an inflation hedge, whereas your Vanguard short-term bond fund actually has a uh, an income stream. So... I know it's nice to make it easier. I'd be really tempted to not keep anything in a savings account at the credit union or maybe get that down to almost nothing and then transfer from your short-term bond fund or your money market fund at Vanguard. I could see doing the short-term bond fund and the VTAPX, just those two, along with a smaller amount in your savings account. I could see that. But I would probably go mm, the bulk of it in the short-term bond fund and just 20%, 15% in the, in the hedge. Because, again, it's just a hedge. It's not where you should be. And please don't misunderstand. When I said I was excited to find those, uh, those I, that I was excited to find the yield on those I-treasuries, it, it, it's temporary. It's not, I, I'm not betting on that continuing. It's only, only, only a small part of my total portfolio. So be, uh, be prudent about this. Don't put all your eggs in any basket and don't go overboard with inflation protected. But I can see using the Vanguard funds to make life a lot easier. Thanks for the note. You can send in notes at talkingrealmoney.com using the contact form or you can call your questions in at 855 855- 935 talk 855 935 8255 
Lots of lines open. Lots of time remaining. Very little voice remaining. I have a feeling that I'm nearing the end of my useful voice for the weekend. Because it's just not holding in the way I want it. 855-935-TALK. Give me a call or I'll go to some other questions from online. Um, Love to help you with just about anything money-oriented. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with more money-making, money-saving, money-investing talk radio. Tom and Don are talking real money. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. for a really great future. We're talking real money. And the show goes on, talking real money. I'm Don McDonald. Thanks for being there. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number as we talk about the money matters that really matter in your life. And Scott, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, how are you doing today? I've been better, but thanks for calling. I'm better now that you called. Yeah, I got a question for you. And sure. I, I kind of I listen to you guys every weekend, so I kind of know uh, what your opinion's going to be. I just want to clarify. Uh, sure. I have a EJ account that has um, some individual stocks and some mutual funds, half of which on the mutual fund side I've never heard of. <laughs> Well, let me clarify. It was an inheritance. Now, EJ, by EJ, you mean Ed Jones? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that for the audience. So um, I have really two questions. Um, The first is, I know you guys are both in favor of both uh, Vanguard and Fidelity. Mm -hmm. Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab has some good stuff. Yeah. Well, the one thing I just noticed that I really like is the fact that Fidelity opened an office here that you can actually go in and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing in my mind. I'm old school. I don't like to play on the Internet. And no, no, that's that fine. What, what, what funds do you have just out of abject curiosity that you have never heard of? Well, uh, what is... Victory Sycamore Small Company. <laughs> okay. Never heard of them. Uh, hold on. I'm going to S- look them up. It, it's SSGFX. SSGFX? Yeah. SSGFX. SSGFX. Oh, Victory Sycamore, small cap opportunity, A shares. Oh, well, look at that expense ratio. Holy moly. Wow, that's an expensive fund. One and a quarter percent per year. <clears throat> Man, are you paying uh, them a, a, a management fee too? Uh, no, at this point, I don't believe I am. I mean, I, I haven't been hit by it. But the hmm. the 
EJ Edward Jones. No, you're not. I'm sorry. This is a, this is an A share, so it has a commission. This has a commission. I'm sorry. Five and three quarter percent. So you paid five and three quarter percent up front, and you're paying one point two six percent per year. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You could you could be in the Vanguard small cap fund, pay or Fidelity small cap index fund, and pay zero percent up front. And pay, well, let me look up Fidelity, since you like Fidelity. Let's see. Uh, I, I haven't well, looked at their fees I, I, in a while. I don't know the difference between the two other than the fact they actually have an office where if you want to go yell at somebody, you can walk in and yell at somebody. Yeah, a lot of but, good uh, it's going to do because they put you, you know, you're going to put uh, yourself well, I, in an I index. I understand, but. Okay, you know, ready? I, this is. The, then, <laughs> okay, sorry. let me just compare the fees for you. The Fidelity Small Cap Index Fund, which is better diversified than the one you're in. Has a zero percent commission or load zero. The one you're in has a five and three quarter percent commission. The Fidelity Small Cap Index Fund has an annual expense ratio of zero point zero two five percent. Your Victory Sycamore Small Company Fund has an expense ratio of one point two six percent. So it's 1.23% per year more expensive. That's money that can remain in your pocket. Well, okay. And there's a bunch of others, uh, Lord Abbott's and the John Hancock's and the Dodge and yep. the Cox income, you know. Every um, one of them I'm is a loaded mutual fund. All this, so. Yeah. Here's what, you, here's what you really need. You need to, one, take the risk quiz. Figure out what your risk tolerance is. Then you can build a nice portfolio using Fidelity's total stock index funds. As a matter of fact, go to TalkingRealMoney.com and go down to the three funds from three families. We'll give you three funds there that you can use to build a portfolio that will cost a tiny fraction of what you're paying through Fidelity. Absolutely do it. Thank you so much for the call. Call anytime, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And <laughs> trust me, it's not even about making that much more. We can help you pay a lot less, and that's just like making a lot more money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And now the calls are coming in like mad. That's what happens. Toward the end. Appreciate you doing it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. You can call that 24 hours a day, too, and we'll get your questions answered on the podcast, which you should listen to because we basically do about five shows a week. Jason, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Don. Thanks for taking my call. And uh appreciate Glad you everything uh, that you do, that you and your show do. Thank you, sir. Um, Thank you. I am 45 years old, and I work for the federal government, and I've saved uh, pretty diligently over my career with uh, growth in mind. Um, my uh, thrift savings account just recently hit uh, $1 million, and I'm uh, kind of 
looking and reassessing things and starting to think about protection and uh, things like that. So basically, I have I have kind of two buckets of money. I have my thrift savings money, which I, I don't plan to tap into until, you know, another 15 years, maybe 12 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's purely retirement money. I've got that in a 60% uh, C fund, which is the stocks, and then uh, 20-20 split with uh, small through the S and uh, international. Um, so I don't have any good split, any good, good. bonds or anything like that. Yeah. No. Um, then the other bucket of money I have is is just in a Vanguard uh, brokerage account, um, and that's uh, in the total uh, stock market fund. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like as opposed to keeping money in a savings account, I've just kind of kept money in there and, and piled it on. Um, so I've got about two hundred thousand uh, in there, and that money is really I've got some. Expenses coming up uh, in the next couple of years, like a like a home renovation project, and and I want to buy a car soon, uh, a new used car. Uh, mm-hmm. So I plan to probably pull money out of that uh, account for some of those things. So, but I guess my question is, you know, at what point should I? At what point um, do I want to start like building in bonds to diversify? Uh, my investments, it, it hasn't seemed like a good, a good strategy at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, when I am ready to start, start bringing in some bonds, it, should I do that through my, my thrift savings account or should I do that in my, my Vanguard brokerage account or should I do it you, in, in both? You know, where does it make the most sense to kind of do it? Well, uh, no, I, I mean, in long term, you should, you, you, long term, you should do it in the, in the TSP. Because there is income being generated that would be taxed outside of a 401k or it's the TSP or an IRA. So you sure. don't, you, you want to let that, that grow tax deferred. You are now a hundred percent equity investor. That has been a great strategy for a non strategy. It really has. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. I was 100% equities up until probably I turned 60. Because I knew that it wouldn't bother me. Well, if you I, know. I hit that big number. Yeah, I hit that big number in my TSP. And now I'm starting to think, hey, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to, uh, I want to maybe a little more protection. Whereas, Well, uh, but are yeah, you still I contributing to your TSP? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still max out every year on that. Then you still have, as you said, 15 or more years before you start taking money out of the TSP. That means it's going to sit there through good markets and bad, just like it has in the past. And because you're contributing, if the market, well, if when the market goes down, you're going to be buying in cheap. So, you know, I might start to add a few bonds. If you haven't done it yet, go take our risk quiz at talkingrealmoney.com. It's free. We don't bug you. We don't do anything. Um, go take that. Figure out what your allocation is for your psychology and then start, maybe start adding some bonds inside the, um, the, the TSP. As for the fund at Vanguard, if you have Six needs in the next six months for some of that money that's in the total stock index fund, get it into the bond fund now. 
Okay. Don't yeah, take I'm chances. Two years, two to three years out. So. Oh, if you're that far out, then gradually, you know, might you can do it a little bit at a time. But I'd wait. Then I'd wait a little while. But you want to have some liquidity there for those other needs. You want to make sure you've got liquidity for things that you're going to need along the way: cars, homes, those kinds of things. Okay. Great. Well, All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate your you, guidance. You are. You are very welcome. Good job, by the way. Really impressive at 45 to have a million too. That's amazing. You are a saver and an investor and gutsy. <laughs> Pretty gutsy. 855-935-TALK, 24-7. Call that number. D, it's your turn. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I, and you can stop me if I get long-winded and ask me questions. I'm sure. 78 years old. I'm single. I am retired. I have absolutely no knowledge of investing, except I think it would be nice to um, buy low, sell high. (laughs) So my monthly income, that's from pensions, Social Security, and an annuity, um, $6,000 a month. I have um, $900,000 in an IRA, and it's in 40% stocks. 60% 60% bonds with Vanguard. I have a, I'm the owner and beneficiary of a life insurance policy uh, from someone, a uh, hundred thousand, no, excuse me, a million dollar life insurance policy. Um, this is just approximate um, from a few years ago. I checked the cash value is 700,000. If I cash it in, uh, if I need money, I can cash it in. After taxes, maybe it would be 600000 I wish I knew my uh, tax bracket, um, but I don't remember it. Um, well, if, if I, your income is, yeah. your income is, your taxable income is 6000 a month? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, well, uh, no, it's, um, uh, uh, six, uh, excuse me, um, uh, after it's, um, after taxes, it would be fifty five hundred. Excuse me. Yes. Oh. Okay. After taxes, yeah, it's fifty five hundred. Yeah, so correct. you've got you're in a very low tax bracket. You're in about a ten percent tax bracket. Oh. Okay. A little less. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, and my question is, um, I have ninety thousand dollars in a savings account. Um, well, it's combined checking and savings. And I want to invest some of that money because uh, it's at uh, a Chase uh, savings account, um, and I'm making hardly, and I mean, may, I'm making maybe two dollars a month on it. Okay, let, we're going to run out of time. What's the yeah. purpose okay. of the ninety thousand dollars? What do you need it to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, twenty, uh, fifteen thousand. I need. Uh, I want to keep in my checking for sure. That leaves okay. me with, um, and then. The, the and then maybe twenty thousand emergency fund. I think that might be a good idea. Okay, well so then, that leaves then, me a balance of sixty-five thousand. No, fifty-five thousand no to invest. 50, yeah, yeah, and I would be very, very cautious with it uh, because you may end up needing more than that. I, I mean, we're most aggressive. I'd probably go into something like the Vanguard Bond Index Fund, but keep it safe. Are talking real money. 
set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And if you need more help than we can provide on the show or the podcast, you know, you have one of these really complicated portfolios like an earlier caller did, set up a meeting with one of our advisors. Let them help you go through it and figure out how to prune it, make it work better for you at a lower cost. It's really free. It's truly free. There's no obligation, no sales pitch. All you need to do is go to Vestory.com, set up an appointment. It's really easy. Vestory.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.